And then he can witness the utter destruction of all his creation before he himself is swept away. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of TV show Supernatural and season 11 is back, Chris. Mm, mm, y- you were missing mm. your meta plot? I got meta plot for you. You were missing from characters that had died? I brought them back to life for you. We're, we're <laughs> in it. We're in it. It feels like this episode could have been broken up into um, side stories throughout all of the other past episodes. Except for the Sam and Dean stuff, obviously. But we could have seen uh, Rowena, and we could have seen Crowley, we could have seen Lucifer doing all the things they do in this episode in these other episodes, but they just said, no, we're going to cram this all into one episode, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's get it done, dog. Let's get this shit done. Uh, I think it works, too. Like This is a really yeah. good episode. Yeah, I found that I didn't take a lot of notes on this episode, even though so much is happening. It's there's I took a lot of fucking notes on this. It was just <laughs> there was just so much going on. Um before we get into the main part of the episode, I just want to thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We had a couple of new ones this week. Um so thank you, Sean, and thank you, Ender. We appreciate it. Shout uh, out. Those people get exclusive content on their Patreon feed in the form of podcast. Um, they also get some cool access to some cool access. I don't know how to talk anymore, Chris. Some of the access is cool. Some of the um, access is cool. Uh, you get access to our Discord server so you can chat with us and other Monster of the Week folks. And it's a good old time. Uh, thank you to everybody that's done that already. Chris, what's been happening in Season 11? What have we forgotten? Brother, let me tell you. Last time on Supernatural, Sam got killed by a werewolf. Can you believe this? True, Jeremy, believe true this? story. Yep. Sam got killed by a werewolf, and Dean tried very desperately to follow his brother into the afterlife. Can you believe this? I can believe it, Chris. True story. He, he tried to go into the afterlife to make a deal with Billy the Reaper. Dean's life for Sam's life. And we've been down this road before, Jeremy. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, <laughs> true story, Chris. <laughs> and we know that it doesn't end well. But thankfully, Sam wasn't really dead. And a doctor brings Dean back to life. All is well that ends well, right? Except for the fact that the werewolf named Chad. <laughs> it's not true. But the werewolf named Chad, they had to kill. Um, and that traumatized the widow left behind. I don't, I don't know what was wrong with me in the way that I wrote this. No sentence makes any sense. <laughs> uh, plus, Cass is still missing. Uh, aka he's lucifer crowley is on the run and we haven't seen amara for like four episodes that's true all of that is very true i Uh, didn't even get to make a note about how sam's girlfriend rowena is dead because i didn't see the uh the the cold or the whatever the road so far 
And uh, I just assumed that she was. <laughs> do you, do you um, pay attention to the like guest stars and stuff when it's coming up on the credits? Because like straight up Ruth Connell and Mark Pellegrino were in That's these great, things, and I was just like, oh, okay, so those people are showing up. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even notice that. Nice. We're covering season eleven, episode eighteen, Hell's Angel. That's Hell apostrophe S, Chris. This is the Angel of Hell. Gotcha, gotcha. I just want to make sure we, we understood each other there. This was written by Brad Buckner and Eugene Ross Lemming, directed by Phil Segresha. Aired on April 6, 2016, almost exactly four years ago, Chris. We're going to a pattern now. Wow. The epic battle for power begins. Lucifer takes a trip home and decides to assert himself into heaven. That's not the way the word assert works. Crowley tells Sam and Dean <laughs> he has to wait, take down Amara. That's it. Got him. That's it. Got him. Crowley tells Sam and Dean he has a way to take down Amara. That's this two sentences right. for this huge fucking episode. It's insane. All right, let's get to it. Um, so we start out in the, um, we're probably going to butcher this on the food desert in Saudi Arabia, uh, which is actually just a CGI, some bullshit CGI of a set in, of a back lot in Vancouver they, they, because I'll ooh, tell you, they went for it. They, they went for the CGI. Look, they went all out. Saudi Arabia, Chris, have we ever hey. seen Saudi Arabia in Supernatural? Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. 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 You could have just, they could have done a close up on the tent and just said Saudi Arabia. And I would go, I believe you. So much happens in this episode. I had and I watched it yesterday. I had already forgotten about like this weird side plot with the, this this adventurer who sold his soul to get the secrets of the world. Like this yeah. thing out of a Warren Ellis comic book that was that's it's, so, so it should compelling. Be its entire series. This is so good. Where is this guy's side like spinoff series? Like yeah. fuck Wayward Sisters. Let's do this guy who's not even in the credits. We follow this Indiana Jones wannabe, and he's a young man fresh out of grad school. He's he's twenty nine, thirty years old, right? Mm. And he goes mm-hmm. off to do his adventuring, and very quickly things aren't going the way he, he's planned. Uh, and that's when he runs into Crowley in the desert somewhere. They make a little deal, and then we follow the adventures of this man, dogged by his past, but driven forward by his desire to know the unknowable. The secrets of the world, Chris. We have the secrets, the secrets of the world. Of the world. <laughs> like, this is such a random, cool throwaway. Thing. It's so cool, and like it just goes it's nowhere. Like, uh, like the, yeah. you know, this dude is basically um, like Crowley walks into a tent following some like armed guards or whatever. Uh, it, he, he is there to basically, this dude is on his sick bed and this dude has something that Crowley wants. He has a hand of God, which of course, as you and I both know, can be used to defeat Amara. So yes. Crowley is willing to uh, tear up his contract with this man who is on his deathbed. He's about to die. The hellhounds are about to come out and drag him to hell. Um, the guy shows Crowley the, the thing, the hand of God, which is the, the Joshua tree? What is this? It's the something of Joshua. The horn, horn of Joshua. <laughs> ooh, ooh. You couldn't chosen anything but the horn. <laughs> like we all know what that means, right? Like that's that's not... yeah, toot toot. Yeah, the horn of Joshua. <laughs> the bro. horn of Joshua. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chris, I think he's talking about Johnson. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, I think we're so, talking about Josh's Joshua's dick. <laughs> as I'm in here, as I'm in here, so Crowley gets the horn, penis. Right? He, Chris, he gets, penis. I yeah. I Jeremy, he gets the. Penis of Joshua. All right, are you happy? I said it. Um, he gets that that phallic weapon, and he he takes it. He tears up the contract. Um, and I they they have this moment here where the guy's like, "Oh, I don't have much time left anyway." And then Crowley just does a little twist of the hand, snaps the guy's neck, kills him. And I was like, "Man, they're really here to remind us that um, Crowley's evil and he's just killing this man." But now I'm thinking about it. That wasn't. I mean, yeah, he killed him. But also, like, he freed his soul, so he doesn't have to go to yeah. hell anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, although, I'm just saying, if you sold your soul, I just feel like that in and of itself 
is enough to go to hell. I don't know how the rules of heaven work in Supernatural, but it's not so much that um, it's not so much that you're literally in a deal. It's that you sold your soul, you did an evil thing to gain something, and therefore you can you can't get into heaven anymore. Well, if we um, follow if we follow the principles laid out by the TV show The Good Place, like uh-huh. the selling your soul would be like negative a billion points. So maybe in our young adventurer's lifetime, he has earned so he has done so many sure, good sure, deeds. Sure. He's saved so many people. He's hunted so many things. He's found so many secrets and shared them with whatever that he mm-hmm. has come up. He's come up in the positive. He's gotten maybe one he was one of the uh, archaeologists who found the angel tablet or the demon tablet back in season seven. Exactly. Maybe he was one of those guys. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> Canon. Canon. Pro- prove me wrong. I say while prove sitting at a, at a table in front of a college. Um, yeah. So. Crowley kills not only this dude, but all of the armed guards uh, and kind of dismisses them and calls them amateurs. When we jump to the main part of the episode where Crowley is now like after this extremely like mood setting Crowley is a badass piece. <laughs> now he's like prancing through the rain yeah. and like on the phone with Dean, basically begging Dean to like, have a meet. Yeah. Yeah. He's running through the rain try- because there's a search party of demons in an SUV with a spotlight. Just trolling the streets dude, of Chicago or wherever dude, the hell they are. What <laughs> this this demon ride? This this yeah. suburb demon, the Chevrolet <laughs> suburb demon that was riding around with fucking spotlights. What is this? This is so weird. Know. This is this is wild stuff. But yeah, he's like, hey, Dean, I got some good stuff. Can we please meet up? Uh, Dean, just so I can give you this. Just come to the con. Just come to the barcade with me, Dean. Dean, just come meet me. We can get a just beer and it, play Dean. some fucking Galaga, Dean. Please. Yes. So he's like, he just says St. Louis old post office. Be there. I'm like, bro, you got to provide a time. <laughs> you got to have time, a date, bro. You got to be more specific. It gotta, doesn't help anybody. St. Louis can't put old post office into his GPS. St. Louis has so many post offices, much less old ones. Like, come on, oh, dude. come on, guys. What are you doing? Um, so that means they got to roll up into town. They got to start asking people. It's a whole thing. Yeah, they got to go interview a bartender. What do you know? Any haunted old post offices around? Uh, meanwhile, Amara is around. Uh, she's laying down. Somebody is like work, giving her a little massage. massage. Uh, and mm-hmm. she says like, Hey, if I don't feel better, uh, you're, you're going to be on notice. Like I am not one to be trifled with. And the camera pulls out and we find it's Rowena back from the bro. dead. Bro. Did you know about she this? was dead? Did you know about no, this at all? Yeah. I no- mean, I knew that she was in the series mm-hmm. still, but I had no idea she'd be coming back in season 11 or, or whatever. Are um, you, are you excited to see her back? Um, as soon as I saw her back, I went, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Rowena. <laughs> but yes, I'm happy she's back. <laughs> we learned that Rowena basically like has a spell inside of her thigh. Um, and when she died, the spell detected, or when she was, when, when Lucifer broke her neck, uh, yeah, she, the spell detected, she was about to die and resurrected her essentially brought her back through the, from the mm-hmm. jaws of death. Uh, we see this in like a weird purple CGI light that travels from her thigh to her chest. And then like, she stands yeah. up and does like the death becomes her neck twist, which is always yeah. really cool. See, um, I'm I, excited to have her back. Same. And I assume that this was planned because it hasn't been that many episodes, right? Uh, I feel like they would have planned this far ahead enough to know, okay, we're going to bring her back. We're going to bring this character back. She's not dead. Um, I don't know that for sure. I just wish sometimes that they'd show us this stuff beforehand. Like, you know, a random throw throwaway episode at some point show that she had this this mark or like, oh, I have ways of like taking care of myself. And then when she dies, maybe we remember that, but maybe we don't. And then we just don't see her for several episodes. I don't know. I just, it reminds me, have you ever heard of the show Death Note? 
I, the I have, anime, Jeremy. I've only um, watched the live action adaptation. So, so teenagers to. think that Death Note is the greatest anime of all time because yes. uh, it, there's so, it's so twisty and turny. But every time that somebody does something, so let's say that I, you know, I stabbed you, right? And you'd go, well, you see, you may have stabbed me, but actually you did not stab me because I was wearing a uh, bulletproof vest and your knife was not able to do it. Everything bad happens and then it explained afterwards why the bad thing didn't actually happen. Um, now, Supernatural doesn't really do that that often, but seeing this like retcon, I guess, I was like, man, it would have been nice if like we had been given a little kernel of something at some point to show us Rowena can bring herself back. Though, I suppose that would have ruined the surprise and her being a powerful witch, it's not hard to believe that she'd be able to pull this off. Yeah, and I'm, I'm into it. Like, this feels the, like the kind of magic that Rowena would use. Um, this feels like something that she would have planned for. Um, and, uh, and also Rowena is a cool character and I'm, I'm into her being back and also helping Amara. Like that's kind yeah. of a cool thing. Um, it's yeah, I was pretty stoked. So, uh, stoked to see those two together. <laughs> Amara is still, uh, after Lucifer. She wants to kill Lucifer, but she's been weakened by the angel strike. We might remember a few episodes ago, all of the angels kind of banded together to, to strike, to smite her. Uh, and even though she survived, she was just suitably weakened and rowena yeah is that the last time we've seen her other I think than so. in, like dean's visions or whatever yeah i think so um the i can't remember if that was before or after she like pulled the darkness back into herself and fucked with castiel but i think that was the last time like directly after that when she looked yeah. pretty weak um rowena has like a certain kind of witchy magic that allows her to to help amar put herself back together and Rowena is there because she has the idea if Rowena, excuse me, if Amara is going to remake the world, she can help her do that if Amara mm-hmm. so chooses. Another power play by Rowena. Love it, dude. I love it. Get after it, girl. Yeah. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Uh, get your shit. We switch back to Sam and Dean, and I'd really like to know if the scene of Sam getting caught on yeah. these sticky cobwebs is scripted or not, or if they just like yeah. went with it, because it's very funny to me that this humongous man- He's stuck man, for so long. So long, like dude. It's it, so good. It colors the entire situation, because then they get in there, and Crowley's telling them about all this shit that Lucy Lucifer did to him and Sam and Dean are just like laughing at him. Yeah, he does. They just don't care. Uh, yeah. Crowley complains about all of this stuff. Like he made me lick the floor and Dean's like chuckling. And I'm like, Dean, yeah. you, you and Crowley kind of had a previous relationship. Like maybe, maybe you shouldn't be so dismissive to him. Yeah. Uh, but he tells them about the horn and of course wants something in exchange. And I like how the boys look at each other and go like, you'll give it to us if simultaneously mm-hmm. like that's like that's some uh-huh. good shit um he wants them to exercise lucifer from castiel return lucifer to the cage and then they will get the hand of god and they're like hey yo we can't do that like we don't have rowena and we don't have book the book of the dam and that's when sam learns that his gf is now r.i.p you think that he would be more excited, but it feels like he's created a Tinder profile and maybe he stepped in a few too many uh, puddles that he's now not sure how to get himself out of. Um, okay. Okay. This... He's like, my GF is back and I'm excited, but also, uh oh. <laughs> but also, I need to, I need to, I need to get to my Tinder profile immediately. Where's somebody check my Facebook status? Does it still say yeah. it's complicated or does it still say Rowena's BF? I need to find out um, what's happening. Need to, I need to get out there quick. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting that. And then maybe it's not exactly right here, but um, they don't want to get rid of Lucifer yet. Um, I mean, they're going to get into it further, and and Dean certainly has his reasons with Castiel and everything, but they don't. They 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 feel like they need Lucifer around to take down Amara, and they're in a they're a real a real sticky situation. This is worse. 
than Sam finding out that he might have more than one girlfriend right now. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, Sam, we need to put your GF problems on the back burner because we got we got stuff he's to just, do. He's we got stuff so to deal with. sweaty, and Dean keeps looking over at him like, "Brother, are you okay? What like, what's problem? going on, man? I'm, I had a girl coming over tonight, Dean." And Dean's like, "No, you didn't. You ordered a pizza. You just know that the pizza delivery guy to the to the bunker is a woman. Let's that you had a girl coming over. She's from Domino's, Sam. That doesn't count. That's not a Tinder. Rowena's very jealous, Dean." <laughs> We um we jump over to uh, Angel Office Depot, uh, the the brightest mm-hmm. place in the galaxy, uh, where some a worker angel who is named poor uh, Jofiel, Jofiel, bro, <laughs> poor Jofiel, who is using some sort of crazy device to check on souls or something. This I is- love I love that they have technology that they can't just use their ancient angel powers that yeah they need, uh, god gadgets. had to build a, a like a fucking uh like a uh. price checking machine to, to check on all of these weird souls uh when lucifer shows up and when jofiel uh, of course like tries to call for help uh lucifer disintegrates him so uh, my first question was when lucifer gets up to heaven is that allowed it's i mean sure he's in castiel's body so he could presumably I like ma- in, he's in the vessel so maybe he can bypass like all of the standard checks and balances and also maybe, like maybe angel office depot just ain't doing so good nowadays like, did, they, no, did he have to go to a playground nobody's guarding the heaven? playground yeah. <laughs> like there's just the only thing in the playground are actual children <laughs> yeah and then castiel comes strolling up and all the mothers were like well <laughs> I don't know about this. We need to have like a lion in the wardrobe situation where like some kids yeah. keep stumbling into Angel Office Depot and like, why is it so bright in here? This is yeah, this is heck? this is gross. Invite your like, friends over to to check it out, but they need sunglasses first. Um, so Lucifer rounds up everybody and has a team meeting, and uh, this is Castiel. Or excuse me, this is Misha Collins just really oozing a a level of smarminess and mm-hmm. and grease at, that is impressive. At the beginning of this uh, speech that he's giving here is the closest I think that he he has come to capturing the original performance. Yeah, um, his voice sounds the same for like two sentences, and then he kind of drifts back into the halfway point between the two, which is fine. Um, but there is like a, a level of like mimicry almost at the first couple lines of the of this little speech he's giving that I was like, holy shit, Misha! It was, was uh, delivering. It was so it was so accurate that I was like, oh, maybe they gave Mark Pellegrino the credit because he's literally like it looks just like Mark Pellegrino yeah. performing. So like it was it was so closely aped that they had to put him on the fucking uh, cast list. Uh, so L- Lucifer is basically saying like, hey. You know, you guys need me. I'm. I was there when we took down Amara. Uh, I can do it again, but I'm going to need all of your help. And when I and when I finish that, I'm going to you know stick around. And of course, all of these angels protest, and they have to go through this thing about you know, well, God threw you out of heaven. And he's like, well, that's what God said. Like the only thing I did was disagree that mankind rules, and like look how shitty mankind is. So we kind of go through this like, yeah, stereotypical conversation. I think from Lucifer to the point where I don't. I don't really care. Like I, as, as soon as we can get away from all of this angel stuff, the better for me. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just want to, I want to correct the jokes that I was making. Cause I'm realizing that that wasn't Sam finding out that Rowena was alive. That was Sam finding out that Rowena was dead. <laughs> true. Also in my notes, Sam kept correcting to, to Dan today. I don't know what the deal with that is. So it says Dan finds out that his girlfriend is dead. Dan and Dean. Poor, poor Dan. And Dan and Dean. <laughs> I got demon blood in me, Dean. <laughs> I'm Dan Winchester. I'm nice Dan Winchester, you. and I've got demon blood in me. Um, I guess all of those jokes don't make a lot of sense because he's not finding out she's alive. She's a piece finding out that she's dead. Yeah, that yeah. We were, well, we it'll were, we were those insert those jokes later into the episode. Yeah, sure. Um, he says that he can lock the darkness away, um, and then we go back over to Sam and Dean 
who are basically saying like, yeah, we can't do anything about Lucifer. So this is the point that you were making earlier of like, we can't yes. do anything about Lucifer until we take care of Amora. And Dean's like, yeah, we're going to exercise Lucifer out of Castile and put him in a different festival and a vessel. And this is where Sam and Dean kind of have this disagreement. Um, and I'm not really like, there's a thing here where you know Sam kind of refers to Castiel as an it. Like we got to get him out of it's like, and Dean's like he's not an it. He's our friend. Like he's a vessel. Like this is our. Yeah, I think friend he's referring Sam. to the body as the. It. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like this because is- Sam he doesn't have any emotional attachment to the body. Of course, I'm not. He's not, not Dean. Dean. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam's like I don't care what Castiel looks like. He could be hanging out in a fishbowl like he did for six months, yeah. and he's still my bro. I don't care what he looks like. But Dean is like, well, I have some opinions on that matter. He learned how to use a remote as a fish he can learn how to use the remote with as anything like i don't care what he looks like um but this is kind of a weird this is a weird argument to be having like and i get dean i don't know if sam would take this stance personally yeah like it just feels a little bit out of character for sam a little to to be like no we gotta it doesn't matter like even if he dies doing it like this was his choice and we've got to do it and like this is going to be a central argument and it seems to be the theme of the episode based on like the last couple of sentences our last like brother moment but i i kind of don't buy into it altogether like i don't yeah um but it's fine it's, because it doesn't matter. Like they can't do anything it, yeah. about this. So and they have talked about this before. This was a this was a previous conversation from a previous episode. Um, about not about Castiel specifically, but about respecting each other's choices and all that stuff. And it seems like they never really stuck to that, despite you know they've been on the same page for the most part. So it's been fine. But um, but yeah, I think that they bring this up now so that they can talk about it later. And um, well, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um. So. Do, 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 do. Uh, Dean makes the that makes a weird joke about because Castiel like chose this. This is what Sam argument. He's like, you know, Castiel wanted to do this, and Dean says something like, "I want a girl to slap me in the face during sex while wearing a Zorro mask, but that doesn't make it yeah. a good idea." And I'm like, I don't think these are the same thing. There's not, not the same thing. It doesn't seem like it's that bad of an idea. Also, like a Zorro mask is just a bandana. Like, or what? What are you? What are you trying to accomplish? He here? has a Zorro fetish, which is, I mean, that's fine what is a zoro fetish is that a is that i mean he he's just into zoro i'm just gonna type in archive of our own he, he just wants he just <laughs> wants com. no go to screw that go to rule 34 uh just type it in the word zoro type in zoro so much um, as, ryan has to be very convincing to get lester to go to a costume party so here here um, is oh here's actually a literal dean has a thing for women women wearing zoro mask and slapping him while they ride him like this is a whole I just don't see how that's really a big, big deal. Like Dean could take a slap to the face, you know. It just there's, makes him feel like he's in, he's in it. He's in one of his favorite um, adventure series. I don't know. There's a thousand words in this fic, Chris. A thousand words. Good, perfect, super good. Okay, um, I've already lost my spots. Um, so they argue a little bit more, but Crowley basically says like, "Hey, um, I don't care about any of this. I have the horn. You guys have nothing." I'm yeah. not going to give you the horn until you put Lucifer in the cage. Well, bummer. Um, so we cut back to Rowena and Amara. And essentially, this is Rowena being like, hey, I want to be your, your right-hand lady. Um, I want to I wanna be by your side. I want to be with you when you wipe the slate clean. And I kind of, part of me was like sort of really into the idea of them actually teaming up. Because Rowena has such a grudge against well, Lucifer, but a lot of other people as well. And um, I could see amara maybe like seeing some of herself in that um but it doesn't really go in that direction i think amara can very clearly see what rowena is trying to do um you know she knows uncle crowley's mom is up to no good 
Exactly. Uh, I love the moment where Rowena finds out about Uncle Crowley. And she's like, Uncle Crowley? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what did you just say? Um, I, I, you know, I like this this idea. Abara says, you know, she everyone associates her with destruction, but it's really a renovation. And the main difference is that it's her plans and not God's. And mm-hmm. Rowena says, you know, I can make yourself make myself useful. I can spy on your enemies. I could be your confidant. Like, has anybody ever just sat down and like listened to you talk? Um, and it, like, they, there's this moment where she like reaches over to touch Amara, and then it's like gets close, and Amara looks at her, and Rowena's like, "Just kidding. Just this is gonna mess yeah. with my hair a little bit. Not gonna. I definitely <laughs> wasn't trying to touch the ancient cosmic being that could destroy us all yeah. <laughs> and the face without permission. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um." Yeah, so I think it's it's pretty much at that moment that that Rowena probably feels like she's immediately out of her league because I mean she Rowena it has no problem um, swinging with the big dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like she has she's she messed with Crowley. Not that he is much more powerful than her, but he was the king of hell at the time. And then with Lucifer, and yeah, that didn't work out. But now she's like, oh, I'll try it with Rowena. I don't care. Um, like she's not afraid um, to jump into uh, you know in the ring with the, with these bigger fighters and. I think right at this moment, she realizes, holy shit, Amara is unlike anyone else I've ever tried to mess with. <laughs> <laughs> and if that didn't help, um, it's Amara gets up and says she's feeling a lot better and it's time for her to do a test. Um, yeah. This is maybe like one of the coolest things that I've seen in Supernatural. Yeah, they, they uh, go so for it. We jump over to, to Lucifer, who is like uh, shaking hands as the angels file out and like do being the real smarmy kind of boss character. Yeah. Sam and Dean are arguing with Crowley and then Amar starts in with the, uh, like the, the spell casting time. So Amara says, hear me. Um, and she sends this like beam of light into the sky. Um, mm-hmm. and then very quickly we see what, what starts happening. We get like these flickers of things that are happening. Um, heaven starts like, almost like rocking with her voice. Yeah. This cloud, this huge black cloud rushes through the halls. Um, we see thunder cracking down on earth. All of this darkness is rushing towards Lucifer and is, who is in this room with all of these other angels and they all get just bowled over by it. Yeah. The darkness comes pouring in and, and part of me was like, all right, is Lucifer going to like stand up against this? But no, he absolutely does not. Like it doesn't kill him. It doesn't kill any of them, but holy shit, that sends a message. Uh, Sam and Dean and Crowley walk outside to see that the sky is just completely full of lightning and clouds. And Dean has this like, you know, extra sense that it is her like right mm-hmm. off the bat. He's, he's like, Oh, I know exactly who this is. Um, Lucifer and the angels stand up and Lucifer says, you know, this is just the start. And you guys need to remember, like God does not care about this. He is not coming back to save you. He is left. He is not going to come back. Um, yeah. This almost seems like it could work out in Lucifer's favor. Um, you know, what's, what's better for rallying the troops than an attack by the enemy. Right. And then being mm-hmm. like, well, I'm the only one who can uh, save you. There's no more time for arguing. We just got to band together. And this is where you mentioned earlier that Rowena kind of made her decision of, uh, you know, like, oh shit, like I may be in over my head with mm-hmm. uh, Amara. Um, I think it's witnessing this that really pushes her over the edge to yeah. straight up betray Amara later in the episode. Uh, like she is fucking terrified, and Amara is just like, "Hell yeah, fam! Uh-huh. <laughs> Level ten spell cast. Let's do it. Let's get it." <laughs> she's so excited about this. Yep, she is. She's back at full power. Um, and here, uh, I I thought that this was going to be a real turning point. I thought the boys were absolutely screwed at this point, and um, because Rowena is using her scrying uh, abilities to to see uh what Crowley and the boys are talking about, and they're talking about um. 
using the, the whatever the horde of Joshua <laughs> to uh, kill Amara or use a Lucifer to use whatever you know. They explain the entire plan as Crowley wants to lay it out. Um, so then we pull back to Rowena. I was like, oh shit, they're so fucked. They're so fucked. Um, yeah. So because they but, lay out their entire fucking plan, and then she mm-hmm. goes back to Amara and is like. Nothing going on. They're just chit-chatting, watching. Yeah. Watch. It's weird. They're-, they're like shaking in fear of you or whatever. And I was actually pretty surprised. I did not expect Rowena to to turn like that on Amara. I thought that um, she she was absolutely going to be in her camp. And even when she was afraid, I thought, well, she's so scared now. She's never going to betray Amara. They're, they're going to be like a power duo here. Um, but no, they show that um, Rowena is not a one-trick pony. Not at all. Um- so the boys continue arguing with Crowley and Rowena sends like this message through, um, I don't know. Is she burning something into the she, side like, of burns it iron into, like, something? Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. 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 But it basically says like, uh, back from the dead Fergus. So they know Rowena mm-hmm. is a alive and B uh, back on their side, like has been watching yeah. them. Um, and then we clip, this is such a weird jump because we go from this to, Sam and Dean just straight up hanging out with them uh, with Rowena and like preparing this church to do this spell. Like I felt like I blinked and missed like 40 seconds of an, of a scene or something. And I know that they're really trying to cram a lot into this episode, but I, I, it would have felt a little bit, maybe more classic supernatural if we could follow some of this setup a little bit, um, maybe a little bit less Lucifer in heaven and a little more time spent. I mean, not that we need it, but I like I like going through the motions with them sometimes. I do too. And also, like any any scene where Sam and Rowena interact with each other is like huge fodder for you and yeah, I goofing he's on just it. Like, so uh, just don't get a lot of that. Hey, <laughs> she's like, "Hi, what do you, what what do you want? Oh, nothing. Just uh, just uh, what's going on? Are you uh, you okay? Good everything, to see you. Everything good? You've been looks like you've been yeah. eating pretty well. What does that mean? What are you trying <laughs> she to say? Just looks at him. She just looks up like she's looking up at a fucking skyscraper. Rolls her eyes and walks away. Um. So Sam and Dean are in what looks like an old church. Um, they have painted a uh, devil's trap on the ground. Um, Crowley finally shows up with the horn uh, because that's going to be the bait. And then we realize that this entire thing is set up so that they could contain Lucifer so that they can eject him from his vessel. Um, this is this is pretty intense. Uh, there's lots of like weird jokes from Crowley and the boys. Uh um, while when he Crowley finally does show up, um, Rowena says that she's been hiding, which is the same thing that, you know, he's been doing since Lucifer came back. Um, and he says like, Hey, you need to, you know, this time you can't really like muck about with this. Uh, we, we only have a limited amount of time. Like this is these, the, the angel oil and this, this, this spell will only hold an archangel for like a brief moment. That's not going to be yeah. for a long time. Uh, um, mostly for like a brief plot serving moment, because the, the amount right. of time that this lasts is way longer <laughs> than I expected. Some good old fashioned, uh, just some good old fashioned spell work at hand here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Dean starts reading the spell. Uh, lightning starts striking. Uh, Lucifer shows up in the middle of this thing. Rowena immediately leaves, leaves the room. Sam, I think that's the appropriate thing to do. <laughs> Sam uh, lights the angel oil, so the devil's trap is now on fire, and this cool, like, vocal chorus music starts playing. Shout out to the music mm-hmm. in this episode. This music in this episode is really, really dope. For sure. Uh, really sets the thing. I am just fully fucking bought in at this point. I am so mm-hmm. fucking excited about this episode right now, Chris. Like, I am, like, all into this. And for me, this scene, as much as it's it's cool and there's magic and they're doing some shit, it always grounds me again when whenever Sam looks at Lucifer, no matter like how how much he's prepared for anything, 
every time Sam sees him, there's always that that flicker of oh fuck, oh fuck. Uh, it's he's terrified of the dude. Like mm-hmm. even in Castiel's mm-hmm. body, he's terrified of the dude. And like yep. I think this is good shit. Like I don't want that to go away. Like I want Sam to deal with his inner demons and his problems or whatever. But like I really. I just I want Sam to kind of always be a little nervous and terrified of Lucifer. Like it just makes yeah. sense to me. Um, makes a lot of sense. Lucifer shows up. He immediately sees the horn and is like, "All right, let's get to work." Like you know, you guys gonna let me out of this or what are we doing? Like what? How do we how do we handle this? Um, Lucifer is all into like he sees the thing and is like, "Hey, let's go to town." Uh, instead, Dean slices his hand open and casts another spell, and this and it begins this wrestle of control between Castiel and Lucifer. And for a moment, mm-hmm. Castiel is in control of his body and sees Dean. Uh, and but- Dean runs up and he says. Listen up, because we don't have much time. And that's all he gets to say. That's it, yeah. He might as well just rush up and be like, I'm one day from retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get another shot at this. I don't even have time to explain to you how much of a, how much of a bad idea that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lucifer takes back over. Dean screams for Castiel. A lot of like, uh, I bet the Destiel folk are like screaming about this episode. Oh, like yeah. a, a lot oh, of yeah. A lot of like Destiel content in this one. Huge um, vibes. Lucifer it starts mocking him because it's obviously this is not going to plan and the wards are starting to fail and Lucifer is about to take the weapon when Crowley does something unthinkable. Uh, he, he need, he, sorry. Um, he collapses onto a bench and his demon form, his like red smoke that we've seen in the past flies out of his body and into Castiel. Even up to that moment, I was like, damn, did Crowley literally just abandon them and his vessel? Yeah. And then, too. nope, <laughs> he, I was like, oh, of course. So Crowley is out of this for good. Crowley is gone. <laughs> he uses that weakened state to to jump into um, Jimmy Neutron's body to get in there with the big boys. I was really surprised. He's doing more for the good of humanity than anybody else at this point. <laughs> this is the point. Um, Autumn hasn't been watching a lot of these episodes with me just because our schedules don't really line up to do so. Uh, but Autumn was watching it with me yesterday and she turned over and she goes, Jeremy, what the fuck is happening in this show? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, what's happening right now, Autumn. I'm sorry. So inside of Castiel, Crowley, f- or yeah, inside of Castiel, Crowley finds Cass, uh, his soul part, I guess, inside what appears to be the, the kitchen from the bunker. Um, and he's just sitting in there, passing the time, watching TV depressed as all hell not doing anything not putting up any fight he's he's so dejected at this point that lucifer just leaves castiel alone he doesn't even doesn't even mess with him it's no point (laughs) he's castiel is just like bummed he's like the worst Mm. we've ever seen castiel like i'm i was depressed seeing this guy it's just like castiel's just like yeah you know I'm just sitting here watching TV, just waiting for the battle with the darkness, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Crowley tells Cass what I guess Dean was trying to say was like, hey, you need to take over. We need to beat Lucifer. Um, But it's too late. And uh, Lucifer, as uh, appearing as Nick, his vessel, he he scrolls on in. Yep. Uh, And then immediately basically begins to beat the shit out of Crowley. Yeah. Um, Yeah. in the real world, like Rowena warns that these uh, wards are failing, like the wards have been failing since the beginning of time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Lucifer continues to beat the shit out of Crowley, like just throwing him across the room while there's like a kind of a casually amused Castiel ignoring all of the chaos in the background. Uh, in the real world, <laughs> Crowley burns the words help me onto his own skull. Uh, yeah. So, this signifies Sam to pick up a cross and start to do an exorcism 
Just uh, a good old fashioned exorcism. Yeah. Exorcismal stay, bro. Ominous Amundus, dude. Ominous Amundus, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am. Oftentimes with this show, we are presented with uh, metaphysical activities that don't quite. Mm-hmm. We don't quite understand. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes in this world of supernatural, they f- seem to follow the same rules and logic. I, if Crowley, its demon form, is now into in the reincarnated form of Jimmy Neutron, who is no longer mm-hmm. Jimmy Neutron, uh, mm-hmm. and his soul, his demon, quote unquote, soul, his demon p- form is in Castiel fighting with Lucifer. How is he burning mm-hmm. shit into the other? He left the, a little demon sugar behind. A little de- <laughs> just a little demon residue behind. Just, yeah. a, little, just a little. Yeah. Just a okay. little shug. Okay. Just a little, just a little demon shug. I don't know. I do not know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Does his body just start to rot when he's gone? Cause Crowley's vessels absolutely been dead for like 200 years. Right. We've seen that in the past where like the body is, it, if the soul is restored, like the body can no longer like live because it's been so yeah. beat up for so long. But I guess Crowley has been pretty good with it. I don't know. Maybe he likes, I don't know. I feel like lot. Sam has shot him. Like seems <laughs> a like, lot of stuff. Seems happened. like he would definitely have at least three STDs by this point in his yeah, life. You like know what I'm saying? in season one, when like Meg was like thrown out a window and then her body came back and it was like, horribly broken and they're like oh no what have we done and crowley over here is just maybe crowley heals his own vessel sure yeah maybe that's the thing um lucifer is is strangling crowley um sam is finishing the uh this exorcism and dean starts splashing holy water on castiel inside castiel's head they begin to hear sam's voice doing the exorcism uh crowley is suddenly ejected back into his own body tells them that castiel won't help the fire goes out and Misha Collins has this great fucking line of you tricked me. You lied to me. I could have been your warrior, but who needs you? Um, so fucking good, Chris. Like mm-hmm. I, as much as I hate Mark Pellegrino's Lucifer, like Misha Collins channeling this guy and like, it's just really fucking great and terrifying. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, Lucifer grabs the horn. Crowley immediately teleports out. Uh, yeah, and, and then, done. For a brief time, Lucifer is in control of this scene. Uh, he forces the boys to sit on the pews. Rowena is kind of in the background. I don't need, know that Lucifer knows that she's there at this point. Or no, he yeah, does it doesn't he seem like doesn't he's, he's either unconcerned or unaware. It doesn't really matter. Um, and then he starts going like, you know, you guys, have, you know, I just... I think it's time to break up. I don't think that yeah. we need to see each other anymore. I, I think that, you know, it's been complicated for a long time, but I'm pretty much ready to put you guys down. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go any more dates with you. And also I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of two things was going to happen here. I was like, Rowena is going to step up, which uh, seems unlikely given her track record right now. Um, or you know who was about to walk in. So just mm-hmm. as Lucifer starts twisting these boys from the inside, doing something bad to them, um, the fucking wall blows out, and in walks Amara. In walks Amara, and it's time she for a bit tracking, of a showdown. She was tracking Rowena because she was like, "Yeah, I knew she was going to betray me." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like that. I like that she was just like, "Yeah, I knew this chick was going to go back." Like yeah. I, I was just chasing her. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, now it's time for the standoff against uh, Lucifer versus Amara, and Lucifer very quickly he gets out the horn of Joshua. He powers the hell up, and then he does the Kamehameha blast in Amara's direction with the power of God. The power of God, uh, and she is subsumed by fire and light. She is uh, completely consumed by it, uh, and then nothing. It just fades out. 
the Nothing happens. energy in the horn of Joshua runs out. Uh, the horn goes from being like this kind of dark horn looking thing to like an ash white. And mm-hmm. Amara is just standing there. And like for the first time, Lucifer like legit looks scared. Um, and she yeah. pulls like pulls him to her, not like using her power so that he just slides across the floor. He's unable to, to help himself. He's out of control. Um, she grabs his face and like studies him real closely. And is like, you and I need to have a long chat. Dean begins to yell for Castiel, uh, but Amara breaks the hold that Lucifer has on them so they can stand up again. And then energy consumes both her and Lucifer and they disappear. Part of me thought that Amara was going to let Castiel go. Me too. She was going to like pull out Lucifer and be like, oh, I'll do a favor for my boy Dean. Um, And that might still happen. I don't know. Um, But that's kind of what I thought was going to happen here. And then I was curious. I was like, did she make it so that Dean couldn't talk anymore? But no, she set them free, Um, which is which is very interesting. She's still she's still an enigma. There was a moment there when Dean did yell for Castiel where I was like, yeah. and because Amara looks at him and I like, there's a, a note of recognition in her face when I thought she was like, Oh, this dude is obsessed with this fish man. So I'm going to leave this fish man vessel behind <laughs> and take, and take only the, the horrible angel that's been possessing it. Um, but no, she takes, she takes them both. Um, and then the Winchesters, Rowena, we see Rowena quickly running out the back of the church, which is very Rowena. I like it. And uh, the Winchesters are just left there with nothing. Like all of this has been for for naught. And like this really kind of sad and like choral music plays. Once again, shout out to the music in this episode for being so dope. Yeah. Uh, and then we just cut to the boys bowling with beer bottles at the bunker. <laughs> Why are there so many beer bottles on this table, Chris? Like, what are they doing? Know. They're bowling. They should, we see Dean roll the ball at the end of it. I don't understand why they would do that. It seems like it would be such a mess. <laughs> oh, I, I must have missed the ball part. I thought they were just picking up a bunch of, like, sh- weird bottles of beer. I was like, did they have a kegger? Like, what is happening right now? Yeah, that's what it's Because then Dean was, like, on the ground at first. I was like, what is he yeah. doing? He was, picking up the beer, he was picking up the beer bottles. Yeah, they, um, they have their little conversation about how, um, hey, yeah, I remember when we said we'd stop getting in the way of each other's choices? Um, yeah, we should, we should stick to that. They both agree to that. But then this is where I was confused because then they say, um, I think Dean says, let's go find that idiot and bring him home. Um, meaning, Hey, yeah, I know we both agreed that we were going to stop getting in the way of each other's choices, but fuck that. Let's go save Castiel. Well, I think, um, I think the, the, the way that this works is because they just saw that it doesn't matter. Like Lucifer being in Castiel's body isn't enough. Um, yeah. And they posit that like maybe it has to be God's chosen. And since Lucifer got kicked out of God, it can't be him to use the hand of God to mm-hmm. kill Amar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't know that for a fact. But either way, it can't be Lucifer. So now they can go go out and bring that idiot home without sacrificing like their fight with Amar. That's the way that I right. take this anyway. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes um, sense. Whether or not that actually like plays out legit is is up, kind of up to uh, up to each and each and every own person in their own mind. I um. Yeah. I, I like again this I guess we have heard them talk about like we're going to respect each other's decisions or whatever but it hasn't been like highlighted in a way that I thought that that was like a theme of the season or something like I don't know right. like this this really doesn't feel like it comes out of left field it just seems like I don't know I just like I don't why like, like you got you guys have never done that like why are you starting yeah. pretending that you're <laughs> going to start trying, doing it now man. they're trying <laughs> we we jump I thought that was going to be the end of it, but we jump over to Amara, um, who is basically shoving Lucifer around and we're kind of having some, some exposition and we see Lucifer beg, uh, Oh, I could be useful for you. Like I'm, I've been here forever. Um, and she says, you know, I once trusted you, but you betrayed me and you worked with God to imprison me. Um, so obviously like Lucifer was playing it pretty fast and loose back then too. Uh, and then 
she says, but you know, like you might be of use to me and you could see Lucifer get hopeful. And then she says, basically says that she wants to use him as bait to get God to come back. Um, yes. So that he can quote, witness the utter destruction of all his creation before he himself is swept away. Uh, and Lucifer kind of starts laughing at this idea that God could come back because God has been, has abandoned the world for mm-hmm. so many years. And she's like, well, we can try. And the episode ends with her just like, seemingly just lighting Castiel slash Lucifer on fire. Yeah. Um, I kind of expected it to work. Like I thought that's how the episode was going to end with her finally getting God's attention, but we just are left with her doing the, doing the, the deed. What'd you think? Uh, it's a, it's a hell of an episode. There's a lot going on and it, Sam and Dean were the least important parts of this entire episode. Um, and that's why the brother moment at the end, I think, falls a little flat because mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't need to do anything. The most memorable moment of Sam and Dean in this whole thing is, um, well, Dean yelling out Cass's name and Sam getting caught in uh, cobweb. <laughs> <laughs> like these two are just not important. And that's OK. They didn't need to be important in this episode because there's yeah. so much going on that, it, you know, it's fine to focus on everybody else. And I'm glad we kind of got caught up with uh, Amara Crowley. Uh, Rowena, Lucifer, everybody, so that hopefully we can really start making big moves towards the end of the season. It's um, it's interesting that you say that they were pretty much meaningless throughout this entire episode because that's the way that I felt too. Like they, there's not a lot of agency happening other than like they happen to be the fulcrum on which kind of everything twists. Like they know Crowley, mm-hmm. Crowley knows they could probably do some magic to summon Lucifer and they have connections with Castiel. Dean has a connection with Amara. So it's like everything, like they're not like directly influencing events, but it seems like everything is happening around them. Um, which is, which is really kind of fascinating. I've been reading the wheel of time a lot lately and a small spoiler for like the first book of wheel of time, but like one of the, or the main character is something um, it's basically, and I don't know how to pronounce it cause it's a weird fantasy world, but he's, the idea is that certain people are, are so important to destiny that they warp the fabric of reality around themselves. Like things mm. happen around them that people, people will get married when they weren't expecting to get married and things like that. And it kind of feels like Dean and Sam are those, like they're so important to that. Everything happens around them, regardless of the fact if they're not actively taking part in it. Um, yeah, and I like that. that like, I, I like the yeah. idea of Sam and Dean being those people because that's kind of what they've always been. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah, uh, solid. I'm really excited to see what happens next. Um, it's weird to me, just on a meta level, that like this is a shorter episode of the podcast, uh, and it's always weird to me that we'll take we we typically go long on the non-essential episodes that we do on like the <laughs> super important episodes because as much as there as much happened here like there's not a lot to think about or discuss outside of the action um, yeah they're just so, handing you a lot of action and it's an yeah. entertaining watch and it's catching you up on the meta plot but there's not much to pull apart or dissect exactly yeah it's so good shit i enjoyed it yeah you have yeah. any final thoughts no it was good good episode. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. If you can support us that way, please do so. It helps out quite a bit. Uh, you can also leave iTunes, uh, reviews on app or we can leave reviews and ratings on Apple podcast. Um, like 
um, F the nickname did just recently. Uh, F the nickname wrote in. It says, I am a 57 year old grandmother of soon to be 17 and diehard supernatural fan. I've recently found your podcast and just started watching your season three reviews or listening to your season three reviews. You guys are very entertaining and I enjoy listening to your reviews. Some of my grandchildren enjoy watching the show with me too. <laughs> I can't listen, let them listen to your show though. It's a little more mm. than their young ears need. Thanks I, for keeping me entertained <laughs> during the hours that I can actually listen. Oh. So, sorry, grand. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. We'll try to clean up our act for the next few seasons. Uh, I think this is probably a good episode. I don't think I used the word fuck once. I, I know uh, I shouted the word cock, but like, I don't think I definitely, really I definitely dropped some F-bombs in there. You know, there are episodes <laughs> I walk into this podcast consciously, consciously thinking, I'm not, I, I go cuss this episode. And then I do, because it's just part of who this I am, who unfortunately. You are, Chris. You're a nasty, nasty boy. Uh, I'm a nasty, nasty boy. Thank you, F the nickname. We very much appreciate it. Um, and thank you to everybody else that's left reviews in the past. We very much appreciate that. We'll be back next week with... Sam and Dean meet a new pair of hunters. Whoa. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. This is apparently a pretty fun episode. Um, yeah. But, like, it could not be, like, a more boring. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Sam and Dean drive the Apollo somewhere. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Thank you, CW. Now I'll definitely tune in. Uh, All right. I'm so happy to have that giant dumpster out of my out of my yard. Hell yeah. When I was, like, 11 or 12, mm-hmm. um... Mm-hmm. We had a giant uh, storage unit thing in my driveway because part of my house had flooded. And um, whatever. I used to always play in that. Like, me and my friends would be, like, out in, like, the woods, my yard behind by my house. And we'd be playing, like, you know, cowboys or whatever. And every time we would fucking walk into this um, storage unit, which had, like, a table and a couch there because it was just stuff that was being stored. And we would always sit down and act like we were at a bar. And I don't know why you having a dumpster in your yard just brought this memory <laughs> back to me. But we'd be out and it'd be pouring outside. But we'd be like, all right, boys, we're going outside to play. So we could pretend to have a gun duel in the rain and then go inside and pretend that we were at a bar. But it was just a storage unit in my driveway. Walking in, like, those big storage shed doors or bat wings or something. Like, yeah. Hey, we up? thought it was like the coolest shit ever and then when it was finally gone we were so bummed <laughs> yeah this has just been a giant uh, container of trash in my front yard for construction purposes although i will yeah, say that's... it helps to have that when you're cleaning out your house because yeah like i had a bunch of random old shit like around the house that we just need to get rid of so it was nice to dump yeah. it in there and not have to like stack it at the end of the road or anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure also, just remembering, I made a uh, clouds cloud sword, the Buster Sword, yeah. out of um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. old floorboards, like paneling that my dad had gotten for okay. like, when he like redid the floor or something. So I just took an extra one, sawed off just the end, so it would be like shaped like his sword, Dope. and then just uh, bolted a like a broom handle to it, I love and it. then like wrapped it, and then I ran like a steel beam, like a really thin steel beam from a from an old fence, like up the center of it to like give it some like structure. I don't know where I was getting this ingenuity, but that thing was like forty five pounds, <laughs> and so I'd be out like thirteen year old Chris swinging this giant thing around with his friends, thinking he was cool, getting ripped, um, getting fucked. I wasn't cool, but I was fucking ripped. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
swing about like not e- that buster sword around. Yeah, the most jacked I've ever been is when I was like 13. <laughs> Did you see uh, that Square is doing um, like little figures of the low poly models? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, um, I feel bad because a lot of people I follow on Instagram imported them from Japan at a very high price. Um, and now Square Enix is just, they're just releasing them in America. You can just buy them for regular price. Here, so here they I'm are like, for $30. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to get those. Is that a gamer on the mic? Well, yep. That's gamer, uh, checking in. Gamer checking in. Uh, I had to make sure that I was using the correct microphone this time. Sounds like it on my side. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm good. I had to double check because last time I didn't double check. Even though I got all up in that waveform. Even though you specifically checked. Like, I remember you checking. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it, um, was my thinking face messed up too? Because we recorded that beforehand. And maybe at some point I, I messed it up. I have not edited thinking face yet. So I it's don't probably, know. <laughs> it's, it's a good chance that's also going to be gross. Cool, 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 <laughs> um, cool. Cool. Excellent. Good one, Chris. You bungled it. That's uh, no big deal. You know what else I just bungled? I was, um going from my bedroom to the podcast room and i meant to put my phone in my pocket but instead i put my tv remote in my pocket Ooh, good good <laughs> so work. i got here and then took it out and i was like what <laughs> good work brother <laughs> that ain't right oh man i am uh i'm fresh off of a very relaxing weekend chris that's nice <laughs> we uh mark moved into his new apartment on friday Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Mark listens to this podcast, so I can't be too mean to him. But uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. So it was just nice having some some extra space. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, for sure. Me, me and he's Autumn, got his own pad now. He's got his own pad, dude. He uh, mm-hmm. I set up the TV for him. We got he's got um his own refrigerator, laundry, dishwasher, microwave, everything in there, everything that he needs to be a growing boy. So very good, uh, very good. But it was just nice. Like it was just kind of yeah. like it's. It, it took me a little bit to realize, like, oh, it's been seven months since like Autumn and I cooked a meal by ourselves. Wow! Right? Like, wow. yeah, that's a long time. It's a long time. And I know you. I know you're doing the LDR thing, so like, I, I have no room to talk whatsoever. Like, your shit's yeah. way harder. But it was just very, well, very nice. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks so bad that I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, that's how much it sucks. <laughs> sure it sucks really bad. <laughs> Sorry, uh, dude. But yeah, I gamed okay. a lot this weekend. That was fun. I played some What'd games. What'd you play? Uh, Resident Evil 2 with my bro, Chris, oh, yeah. Chris Mosier. That was a fun stream. I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look out for, for, watch the Twitter for more, you know, stream announcements if we get around to doing that. I also played uh, Below. Did you play any Below when it came out? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So Below is like a, uh, it was on like every single Xbox sh- showcase for E3 for a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, it was it's from Cappy Games, who I like a lot. Uh, and it's the music is by Jim Guthrie, who I like like a bunch of his video game soundtracks, notable like Sword and Sorcery. Oh, cool. Sword and Sorcery, as it's spelled. Um, yes. So I was very, very excited about it. And then I played it and it came out on Game Pass. And then I played it and it was super fucking hard. Like you have to eat, <laughs> you have to drink, you have to manage your heat. Uh, and I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't make any progress whatsoever. It's real. Like the game doesn't explain anything to you. You kind of just have to experiment, um, uh, which is really, really rough when you're like, you know, when you're parched for thirst and also freezing apparently. So, <laughs> uh, they announced it coming to PS4 and switch, I think. Um, and they said that they had a, a put in a explorer mode, which removes all of the, um, survival stuff. So you don't have to eat. You don't have to drink and you don't have to manage your temperature or anything. And uh, that game is still hard as balls. And I just can't, I can't, 
like it's set up in this like the art style is beautiful and the music is really really pretty um the animation looks good your character is kind of like too small on the screen but it's uh yeah. it's it's like it's there's something about it that like i really want to like but the basic gameplay loop is just fucking super hard and i just i just i just stopped playing at some point i was like oh, okay well I'm maybe done with it will this. just take like 12 hours to adjust like with the first time you play dark souls uh, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe i should just keep going yeah. um and the, the the other problem is like your character moves pretty slow through the world mm-hmm. so it feels like um even though like i died on you know let's say floor two or three or something and you can open up shortcuts to those floors and whatnot it still felt like it took forever just to walk back over there um, and then at one point, like I just died and like my health bar or my, I got hit and my health bar was just like going down and I'm like, I'm apparently I'm bleeding, but I have no way to know that or know how to fix it. So now huh. I'm dead. C- congratulations. And so I just don't like, even have band-aids. I, I can make band-aids, but like I didn't have any and I didn't have any of the shit mm-hmm. to need ban- to make band-aids. So I just died. Um, um, in the long dark ones, I got mauled by a bear and uh, the bears usually don't kill you, but you can instantly like bleed out if you get too fucked up. Um, I got real fucked up by a bear and I'm just like laying there in the snow like okay alright shit it was like hey rapid blood loss like you're going down fast I was like alright no problem I'm gonna disinfect that wound I'm gonna put a bandage on I was like oh shit I don't have any bandages don't worry about it I got an old hat I can tear up the old hat make it into cloth and then make that cloth into bandages <laughs> I did all that stuff but it's in real time that you're doing it all yeah so I'm just like slowly slowly bleeding out and I was like alright fuck yeah finally did it i must have had like just the tiniest sliver of health left and i and i got that bandage onto my bear wound or whatever and then as soon as i stand up i turn around and the bear's just coming back for me and just fucked my shit up again and killed me <laughs> i uh I, I don't know how i keep stumbling into these weird survival games and like, i just keep <laughs> downloading and playing them and like not enjoying it like i was just thinking on the way home the other day of like i just want and resonate evil kind of showed me this too uh, like i just want a video game ass video game like i just want to mm-hmm. walk around and shoot stuff i'm kind of like as much as I usually don't like games as power fantasy, I think like with my lack of control over the world and just some general like stress and anxiety about everything, I just think I want to like go through and like mow down a bunch of dudes. But I keep, like, oh yeah, I keep looking for games that are like apparently I keep buying and downloading games that are not that whatsoever. So I, I need to fix this, Chris. I need to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you want different things from your game. Sometimes you want that struggle, that mm-hmm. survival makes you feel fulfilled. Uh, and then sometimes yeah, you just want the the straight up power fantasy just to feel like the fucking man, like the fucking man. Like I just maybe I should check out the new Call of Duty, even though I'm like morally opposed to everything about those games nowadays. Yeah. Like it seems so <laughs> fucking gross to be an American soldier. Like let's mow down some brown people. Yeah. Uh, but I I just I don't know, man. Maybe that's what I need in my life right now. I maybe. Don't, maybe. I don't know. Once every like five years, I play a first person shooter, and I'm like, all right, that was okay. I played uh, Wolfenstein the last time. I tried. Did I tell you I tried playing Prey? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, that didn't work. That, out, that didn't work it. out, or do, or Doom Eternal. Maybe I should go back to Doom Eternal. That'll probably be my next mm, thing. Mm. Yeah. What about you? I'm sure that you you had a weekend full of Final Fantasy VII remastered. Yeah, I wanted to um, I wanted to finish it. I thought I would be done by now, but I'm I'm not. I think I have quite a long ways to go. Um, and if the news is to believe to be believed, we're going to be losing power today in my area, so uh, not going to be finishing it today. However, yeah, I'm like. I'm pretty I'm pretty far into it. I'm really really loving it. It's a fantastic game. Um hmm. I really want to talk about a lot of the changes, but I'm not gonna cuz I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, overall that game kicks ass. I'm super stoked about it. But it's <laughs> it's like a dating sim. It's what it feels like. <laughs> like you do like this, this minor spoilers, I guess. You do like the first set of side quests and 
um, I didn't realize that all the side quests actually do kind of impact future things in the game because I skipped some later on and it, it impacted something that happened and I felt really bad about it. Um, but uh, yeah, you do all the, the first set of side quests and then you like go back to your your apartment and then Tifa, the character in the game, just like flirts with you. And I was like, oh, so that's like the reward of this game. And like everywhere you go, everybody is just flirting with Cloud or they're asking Cloud about his romantic relationships. Like every aspect of the game he's either horny or like in love or like i don't know and i guess final fantasy has always sort of been like that like i mean final fantasy 8 is a love story final fantasy 10 has a love as a big component and then there's the love triangle in ff7 um oh yeah i mean in 9 as well there's like a love story so this is pretty it's a pretty consistent thing but just like seeing all of these like beautifully rendered um hot anime boys it just makes it feel like so much more real than it did on the ps1 so it's just it just feels like it's really taking the front seat to what is otherwise a very political game. Yeah, it seems like, you know, a terrorist organization trying to overthrow the government. Like that's a that's a that's a kind of Antifa 101 right now. And yeah, it it's not even like kind of weird. It's, they took it to another level. I mean, and it's always been like this. It's just more you know blatant now that it's just it's not even the government. It's a a cor- corporation owns and operates everything and they are destroying the planet through um they're they're harvesting energy from the earth and it's it's killing the planet um there's like a class system you were literally forced to like live down like further below the earth than everybody else and all this shit so yeah you're part of an organization trying to trying to stop the shit from happening so i think that they just had to throw a lot of um you know gamer babes at you so that they the, the gamers wouldn't get upset because if you put politics in my games, I'm going to get upset because I'm a pea brain gamer, but, um, all know, if po- you put beautiful no ladies and then, then it's okay. No yeah. politics, all panties. That's what I'm looking for yeah, in my video right. games. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Although despite the fact that everybody, um, is always like flirting with cloud or asking him questions about his love life and stuff like that. I feel like the game is, man, this has come from a gamer. So I feel like the game was relatively tasteful. Like there's no like fan service or anything like that. Like nobody's like, um, sh- showing you butts or boobs anywhere yeah. or anything like that. Like everybody's being normal characters who also just all happen to be in love with each other. <laughs> yeah. The, um, when I, I remember when the first 3d models started coming out, like you started, they started revealing, um, Aerith and Tifa mm-hmm. and everybody was losing their minds about how attractive they are, but they're not like, they're not anime babe like over right, done right. stuff like that i thought that was the real cool thing of like they actually look like like relatively normal women <laughs> like they look right. like they look like a woman could potentially look like not just some crazy <laughs> stereotypical hyper male fantasy or anything right um, um so yeah I'm, re- I'm really digging it i think that the ending this is based off of nothing i just have a feeling that they're gonna do some really crazy shit um this is part one of we don't know how many and there's been so many things that have changed that give me a lot of uh, interesting theories about what is going on and what this game actually is in relation to the original. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. But it's going to suck having to wait years in between these parts because I really love it. And it seems like, for the most part, like everybody really loves it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be super interesting to watch. Like I've I've definitely seen some takes of like why would I buy a part one of a video game or whatever, and I've also seen some like how did they ring forty to fifty hours out of this like first section? This is glorious. This is super good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm interested to watch it. Like I 
I don't think I'll be buying it. Like I just the combat in the Dimbo didn't really click for me, so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold off until it's on sale. But I want to check it out. Like it looks like an over the top like bullshit thing that I could maybe get into. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Did you play anything else? Um, or was a, that, did you just mainline Final Fantasy VII this week? Well, I played a little bit of Animal Crossing still. There was a fishing tournament on oh, Saturday, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was Bunny Day on Sunday. And I wasn't particularly interested in either of those things. <laughs> it's tough. It's like, I don't want to actually participate in any of that stuff because Final Fantasy's out this weekend. <laughs> so, like, maybe next weekend I'll be more excited. I have still been checking in every day on Animal Crossing, but only for, like, a few minutes. Interesting. Uh, have you watched anything? Did you watch any cool stuff? Have I watched any cool stuff? Um, nope. I I think just video <laughs> games. Video Good games one, Chris. And- I think that I think that my attention has primarily been on um, Final Fantasy VII, and before that, Resident Evil Three came out, and then I beat that. Yeah, and I don't even remember if I talked about it on the last episode. Time is all blurred together. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. We talked about it on the Resident Evil 2 stream, so go to twitch.tv slash not to go check out the highlight of that. Um, I watched, we started watching Lock and Key on Netflix, uh, oh, yeah. which is kind of up our alley a little bit. Uh, I was, have you read those comics at all? No, my friend has been trying to get me to read those for years, but never, never took the, took the dive. I, I read like the first couple of trades and I, I remember liking it, but then I just completely fell off them for some reason. I don't really remember mm-hmm. why, but uh, the Netflix show is, it's really interesting. They've got some cool, uh, like some cool special effects work that they do and everything. Uh, like the moment that, and this is a small spoiler, but like a dude finds one of the keys because that's the whole thing is like, there's this key house that's full of like spooky keys that do mystical things. And this guy picks up one and he can't figure out what lock to use it in. And then he like brings it close to his neck and his neck like opens up as a, a small key hoard in the back of his neck. Yeah. Um, and it will do that to anybody like, and it's just kind of really creepy and cool. Like there's some real creepy and cool moments, but, um, like I'm on episode five or six, uh, or something. And like some of the characters are getting kind of weird in a way that I don't like that much. So uh-oh, I'm hoping uh-oh. they, I'm hoping they bring it back. Cause I was worried that they would like Riverdale it out. Cause all of like there, there's three, there's a family, a single mom and three kids. Two of the kids are in high school. And I was just really, really worried. I was going to have to watch like, oh, some teens are making out. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, to but, quote Sam Winchester, if there's a key, then there has to be. <laughs> there has to be a lock. Um, but it hasn't quite been the Riverdale thing that I was expecting, but it's definitely kind of gone that direction a few times. And I don't know. Yeah, I think Joe Hill really likes that kind of stuff. Maybe he does. Like, yeah. And you can't, I can't really like insult him for it. If, if that's the style that he likes and that's what he enjoys to, to write about, then that's okay. Because in all of his, you know, these heavy, huge horror novels, it always seems like there's some teen angst. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the names that he comes up with are always a lot. Uh, like in Horns, the name main character in, in Horns is like, it's like Augustus. It's not Augustus, because that would be too normal. It's something like crazy. Um, and, and I've noticed as a trend that he doesn't, he's not just going to name his character Roland, which is a normal name, but it's slightly less common than you might expect in the you know normal day to day. So you're like, yeah, all right, that's good. Perfect name. Cool. Um, but he'll just come up with, I can't, I literally can't, do I have Horns nearby me on the shelf? Because it's like an insane name. And I just remember not, not being able to handle it. Um, no, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Joe Hill Roll's coming up with wacky names. I can't remember the main characters' names in the show at all. Isn't that terrible? Um, because they're probably weird. Yeah, it's uh, man, it's it's Brody is the youngest kid, and then there's um, or no, excuse Uh. me, Bodie, Kenzie, and Tyler. 
okay. the mom is Nina. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, it's been so long since I've read any of the comics that I don't really know how close it's hewing to the original content. So like it could sure, be, sure. um, but it's, it's kind of like if you're looking for shit to binge watch, like I think it's a pretty easy one. So, uh, we had cool. to look up the, the dad who is dead, like appears in flashbacks and things. And he's like set up to be this like super good dad that everybody misses. And that has the, the right thing to say at the right time. But, we looked him up to see if he had played like a terrible like rapist or something in the, like other other ah. shows because like uh-huh. we get the worst vibe off of this guy like he's ah. just such a sleazeball and he hasn't been in anything that we've been able to identify like I was like was he a werewolf in Supernatural like did Sam like have a fight with him or something <laughs> yeah. it's like what's going on but yeah um, good shit we also watched uh, Rushmore yesterday are you a Wes mm. Anderson fan yeah I saw you tweeting about um, how that movie didn't hold up it's weird um, it's a weird movie. in my opinion that movie was always like that <laughs> oh yeah like did you get yeah. did you, you got those vibes the first time so you watched i it? used to really really love rushmore and i still like that movie but um like the first time i watched it being like oh man angst and then the second time i watched it probably like a year later when i was like 18 or 19 being like oh man max fucking sucks ass max sucks ass in that movie dude and, and then it became a little bit hard to watch for a while yeah i loved it so much and then realizing how much he sucked ass and then watching it again and being like, okay, he sucks ass on purpose. It was my fault for not viewing him in the correct way. Uh, and all the adults in his life are trying to be like, Max, knock it the fuck off. And they're giving him some slack because he's a fucking teenager and they're all adults. But yeah, I mean, it's weird as hell. It's a, it's a, like, Max is definitely supposed to be obnoxious, I think, in that, in that movie. Uh, but Autumn made up a good point, which is the difference in watching this at 20 and, and like, watching it at 30. Is um <laughs> is that uh like you real you, you you can pull yourself out of it and realize like oh Max isn't Max because like that's the, the kid and he was raised this way Max is Max that way because Wes Anderson wants this kid to act this way like he's trying to make right, a point right, with right, this right. and that's a little weird I don't know man like when he grabbed that chick and tried to make out with her and then pretended to get hit and like come bandage my wound or whatever and she's leaning all yeah. up in his face like it's a weird romance angle that I it's very weird yeah it's. So I'm hoping I haven't seen a lot of the Wes Anderson stuff. I haven't seen Royal Tenenbaums in years. So I'm, we're gonna Royal watch. Tenenbaums is, is my favorite by yeah, him. We're gonna. Um, I think Life Aquatic. Some weird, is I mean, my there's weird stuff right in now, that but, movie too. Yeah. Huh? I think Life Aquatic is my favorite right now. But again, we're oh, gonna yeah. we're gonna rewatch all of them up through. Uh, I forget what the newest one's name is. Moonrise Kingdom, and then there was. Has there been Grand one Budapest Hotel? Yeah, and then the, he then and then there's Isle Isle of Dogs, which we still haven't seen. I love dogs. Like I think. Uh, I think Autumn just saw that trailer was like, dogs are going to die. I'm going to cry. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do I'm not going to um, put myself through this. I don't know. He's, he must have done another full live action one since Grand Budapest, right? I guess it's, it was Moonrise, Grand Budapest. And then I guess he has that trailer out. So it's a movie that's about to come out. Maybe that's what Oh, that's right. That. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> I saw Royal Tenenbaums in theaters um, like five or six years ago. There was some theater in the city that, that would just play, you know, random movies. Um, absolutely loved that. In theaters, it was a very different experience um, seeing it with an audience. Although there was a bunch of moments, I was with Dylan, and um, where we'd seen that movie so many times over the years that by seeing it in theaters, like you know, when you when you love something, you see it a lot. You're picking up on things differently than somebody who's seeing it for the first time. So there's all these like really dark moments where somebody says something, and and we were like in stitches, like cracking up laughing, and the rest of the audience was silent. <laughs> it was <laughs> a very weird experience. I was like, all right, what, what do, we gotta chill, dude. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, I think if you watch Wes Anderson films with uh, your friends, uh, some of the like poignancy and sadness from, of the characters become kind of sidelined by your own little in-jokes at the weirdness mm-hmm. of the characters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like the guy, the old dude that he was putting in his movies until he he died in those small characters. He has a line in Bottle Rocket where he just looks up and he's like, "Who is this man?" And like that became a running joke in my friend group for years. And now I can't even like see that dude's face without laughing. Like it just immediately yeah. and like that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You want to talk about some supernatural? Let's talk about supernatural. Let's hopefully I won't lose power. Hopefully you won't lose power. Why are you going to lose power? Are y'all are y'all getting creamed? We're getting like uh, 70 mile per hour winds out there. And, Jesus. Um, so my friend who's a firefighter just like texted the, the friend group and was like, hey, everybody, just so you know, like this is what they're projecting right now. And um, if power goes out, there's a good chance they won't get it back for 72 hours. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? what? My switch is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> my switch is going to die. The first thing you think of. Yeah. Not all the food in my refrigerator, but. <laughs> oh, well, it's all right. I got plenty of crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some super. All right. That's what. <laughs> and if that didn't help, um, it's Amara gets up and says she's feeling a lot better and it's time for her to do a test. Um, yeah. This is maybe like one of the coolest things that I've seen in Supernatural. Yeah, they uh, go so for it. We jump over to, to Lucifer, who is like uh shaking hands as the angels file out and like do being the real smarmy kind of boss character yeah. sam and dean are arguing with crowley and then amaro starts in with the uh like the the spell casting time um yeah. she yells hear me um oh shit i may have to take a quick break okay um they are here to pick up a dumpster and i think my car is in the way uh-oh i'm not sure if are they coming to my house Yes. Okay. You mind if I take a break real quick? Yeah, go do it. It'll be just a few minutes. No worries. Don't lose power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have those supernatural novels anywhere? It's been a while. Buried. Any other ones that I did bury under a stack of books? I've ran out of shelf space a while ago, so I've just started stacking books on the ground in huge piles. Um, which, like, it kind of looks alright, but it also is really making things flutter. I gotta stop buying books. Problem. I have several hundred books and, like, six or seven hundred volumes of manga, which are usually all a standard size, so there's something to appreciate there, but... That dog is barking so consistently that it sounds like an alarm. Oh, there's the other ones. Okay. I found the other supernatural novels. They're also buried under a giant stack that I don't it's like a it's like a playing Jenga. I don't want to I don't want to mess with that. So anyway. What do you think? What do you think Sam's gonna do when he sees Rowena? Probably nothing. I was so disappointed when we got to that part of this episode, um, when when Sam sees Rowena finally, and because in my head I've really built it up to be this thing where they're in a relationship, <laughs> or Sam at least thinks that they are, um, and then nothing happens. He's just like, oh yeah, whatever. He didn't even know she was dead until like forty five minutes ago. He didn't have time to grieve.
All right, for the sake of Jeremy editing, I think I'm going to stop talking now. Let's check the phone. power. Lucifer shows up. He immediately sees the horn and is like, all right, let's get to work. Like, you know, you guys going to let me out of this or what are we doing? Like, what? how do we how do we handle this? Um, uh, I hope this dumpster guy doesn't completely pour trash all over my yard. <laughs> it's a it's a it's like a like a huge dumpster that's been parked in front of my house for four months because of all this oh, construction. God. And like it is filled. And I see oh, the boy. dude has like a fabric screen that he could. There's the screen. OK, good, good, good. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was really worried he's about to pull out of my driveway at 60 miles an hour and just shit would pour out onto the street. Uh, Thank God. OK, I thought that I was hearing it on my mic. Uh, you might have been you might have been hearing like the beeps or whatever. Yeah. No, it was just the wind outside. Oh, word. Okay. It is insane. <laughs> I put uh I put pillows under my um uh end tables in case my lamps get knocked off. <laughs> Jesus the Christ. wind blows and I, I don't my windows are open a little bit because it gets too hot in my room. Um but they always knock my lamps over. So I was like, all right, they'll fall into pillows, it'll be okay. <laughs> I um I sent you that video last night because a, a hurricane um not a hurricane I'm sorry a tornado touched down mm-hmm. in the, um, the town I went to high school in and like that dude's like a live Facebook video of yep. just like wow yeah <laughs> evidently this is like an offshoot of that yeah That's what I, I, I would was imagine yeah. uh, anyway so um 